again is I don't get it for the umpteenth time in a row. Uh, this is technically the- technically not umpteenth. Technically 185. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's it's somewhere yeah. that's um um tenth. I don't even know what iteration, what ordinal that would be. Yeah. Th- this is the pop culture get off my lawn cast, and you would you would know if you've listened to past episodes of this show. Uh, this show, speaking of which, since we're it's since we're it's on everybody's you know tongues right now. This features everyone's op- yeah open minded musings with two mid forties curmudgeons who stare down both of them the prospect of entertainment relevance. The guy who's speaking, I'm your co-host. My name is Bill Scurry. I represent a firm called American Caesar Enterprises, which is a bearded, heavyset, middle-aged biker from Pennsylvania. And I'm joined, as always, by this man who will tell you his name right now. <laughs> the company is literally one heavyset biker. One, one I- iconic archetype. That's it. Yes. He doesn't do anything. He just is. He is He is in and of it. Well, corporations are people, my friend, as, yeah. uh, as uh, what was his name? Mitt Romney said. What yeah. was his name? What was his name? How sad. Oh, I am Noah Tarno. I'm founder and senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show Spectacular, which is an actual real thing. Yeah, I mean, we may never know what the Big Quiz Thing does in relation to uh, no, business. not at all. We not do know all. that American Caesar Enterprises keeps two people in the Netherlands by uh, corporate chicanery, which at least is, is saying something in life. That's good. Admit it on recording, Bill. That's really smart. I don't think that the uh, there's an actual uh, there's a, a, a body here called the uh, KVK, the Kammer van Kophandel, which is the Chamber of Commerce, and so our company is is registered with them. Those are the only people we need to fool right now, and I don't think they're listening though. I think <laughs> I think I think we have a pretty pretty good setup right here. You, you never know when we take off, and uh, uh, Elijah Wood and Michael Sheen and. Uh, various other people pick up on our podcast and make it an international sensation you never know what the kvk will uh will 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 hear through the uh through the grapevine uh the inheritor to the kgb by the way was the kvk the most deadly yeah, organization well, radon right on door handles uh whatever the nerve toxins uh yeah, all that stuff yeah, yeah it's a ne- netherlands new cold war with the netherlands yeah totally right totally. uh the, the 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 vicious generations long battle between Liechtenstein and the netherlands it's internecine conflict going back a long time you know uh speaking of low-hanging humor fruits and unoriginal jokes uh, yeah, we, what, are, our, what are we talking about on our podcast today? Bill? Uh, our topic has been around. It's well worn, obviously, for a little while. I do remember the first time I heard it, but I didn't pay it much mind. Uh, we're talking about a subject that was uh, broached by one of our former guests of the show, a uh, friend of the program, Amanda Kuda. Amanda Kuda Swavy, if you want to be technically legally correct about it. Um, she suggested to me that we talk about this British podcast called My Dad Wrote a Porno. Um, I believe it is five seasons deep. Uh, the fifth season, I think, just started at the end of May. So we're a couple six, of six, 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 six seasons. We're a couple of uh, a couple of days or weeks off from the, uh, the schedule, but it is fairly evergreen. This thing keeps rolling. Um, it is, you know, accruing new listeners and new fame as it sort of rolls on. But let's let's describe it for you first. So you have to picture just from uh, weird descriptions I've given you. This is a podcast. My dad wrote a porno. It was launched in 2015 by these three Brits. Jamie Morton, who is ostensibly the host, the reader, he was the guy that brought this material, more about him later, a woman named Alice Levine, and a sidekick named James Cooper. Uh, And the show is very much about the title, My Dad Wrote a Porno, Dad being Jamie Morton's father. So years earlier, Jamie Morton's working class, working class, it's like uh, Joe Strummer, working class, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, Joe Strummer. Yeah, that was the name of the, the long-lost seventh Clash album. Yeah. <laughs> working class. It would work. 
uh, his his uh, Jamie Morton's working clash <laughs> Northern Irish dad, and they're they're I believe they're Londonites or so they're working. Yeah, out, yeah right. They're inside the actual UK. They're not in Ireland. Uh, who goes by the pen name? By the way, he's 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 heretofore unrevealed. What he we call him, they call him Rocky Flintstone. That is the name that he Rocky wrote. Rocky Flintstone. Yeah. So he revealed to his son that he'd been writing in secret a a, a series of sprawling erotic novels uh, under this umbrella title. The series is called Belinda Blinked, which just from that title you know it's going to be great. Everybody, uh, he asked giveaway. His, he asked his <laughs> he asked his uh, media professional son. Uh, to read the first volume, he really wanted to know. Uh, nobody knew this thing was coming, and so the son was a little uh, thrown for a loop, taken aback, not only by the content, but uh, also by how maladroit his father was at writing this smut. That was kind of the point. So Morton, I think as a joke, was was uh, pa- passing this book around, this, this manuscript around with some friends. And again, he was connected with some media people. Um, and the three friends decided, hey, this should become a podcast. Because again, in 2015, this is what people did they came up with an idea and said hey this should be a podcast what happens to it after it gets released we we did we did the next year the next year yeah the next year or or was it 16 or 17 we started and a 16 and a 16 i think it was like november 16 or something like that there you go all right uh yeah so the three hosts are uh former classmates university of leeds by the way no i looked at the map when i read that uh because i really wasn't really sure where leeds was it's i think yorkshire or um it's kind of like in the uh, Man- Manchester Metroplex. It's probably like an hour right. or so uh, east, and, and it looks right. like a very pleasant place to go to school. I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to go to college in like northern I, England. The only My only reference point of Leeds is, do you remember the pro wrestler, uh, the British Bulldog, yeah, Davey sure. Boy Smith? Mm-hmm. He was from Leeds. Was he really, so or that was the my... character description? Well— I think real. I mean, he definitely was really British. Yeah, that's true. So they used to say he's from Leeds, England. So why make that up? That's true. Why would you? So, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. not like yeah, anyway. faking it. He died young. He died young of drug abuse, like so many pro wrestlers. Isn't uh, that nice. I always comes yeah. back to that. Uh, so the mean, f- look, if you looked at that dude back then, his his upper torso was like a heart. I mean, he was so roided up, it was disgusting. That's true. Anyway, they used to call sorry. it gas. They used to call it gas. Now that's gassed right. or juiced. 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 So the format of this uh, podcast here is thirty minutes of Morton reading the chapter, kind of slowly and in, in a halting way. They do stretch out the the tension, give enough time for reactions. As Levine and Cooper listen on, um, this show has won a few Webby awards. If I don't even know if that's a thing now, I people because of this talking Sopranos podcast, I'm like aware of the Webbies as something people want, but I really wasn't. Yes. Is, is this a thing people are banking on? As a, is, is this an actual Webby's? credential? Yeah, Webby, right. Yeah, why wouldn't they be? Because at it, it People's Choice Award, the Blockbuster Video Awards, like what is this well, stuff? Yeah, well, I think you've learned in our lifetime there's been award inflation. I mean, I remember when we were kids that like Golden Globes were a fucking joke, and now they're considered major. Well, I mean, now, but they're a joke again because they, they've tumbled hard over the last uh, three okay, months. Okay, well, yeah. if you say so. The point is, I think, I mean, People's Choice Awards used to be a joke, and now, trust me, Webby is the one Web Award I've heard of. If someone's getting a Webby Award, they're, they're talking about it. They're bragging about it. Yeah. I'm sure they are. I don't know. I guess it's yeah. still fan voted. Anyway, so these guys won a Webby Award. Uh, it spawned an interrupted by pandemic world tour, maybe even two world tours. As far as I know, they're still continuing on because there's some dates in Amsterdam uh, next year at the big theater here. So I assume that they're still rolling on this world tour. Uh, it apparently boasts over 250 million downloads as of 2020. So that's increased even more so. And as uh, we will harp on to here, guests on the show in one form or another have included Elijah Wood, Michael Sheen, Rachel Bloom, Daisy Ridley, Emma Thompson, and Lynn Manuel Miranda, among others, because the power of celebrity 
eclipses all else. No, I'm interested. Uh, how did you take this topic? Was this was this a good suggestion by our good friend uh, uh, Amanda Kuda? <laughs> this was an excellent suggestion. Thank you, Amanda. Uh, so, I think this is a good podcast. Uh, these three are very good podcasters. They have excellent, excellent chemistry. I mean, Bill, this is something we're always working on. We've known each other for years. We've been podcasting now four and a half years, but we're always working on our chemistry. Yeah, and I think sure. a lot of, I think that's the key to a good podcast. I listen to plenty of podcasts about topics I like and the people have shitty chemistry, so I turn it off. By the same token, I've listened to a handful of podcasts about topics I don't really care about they and the people have good chemistry, good chemistry yes. so I like it. These three have outstanding chemistry. They have great voices. Um, you know, the way Morton reads it is very, he, he reads it once in advance apparently, but you know, it's just his ability as a reader, I think is quite good. Um, you know, to be fair, to some extent, they're professionals. Alice Levine is a BBC announcer or what do they call it? Announcer? Presenter? What do they say? In the presenter. BBC? That's presenter? the term. Presenter. So, barrister? What do they say? Barrister? <laughs> Lieutenant. Um, Lieutenant. A Batman. Uh, yes. They take the lift. To the lorry, to the loo. Yes. Uh, so they're very, you know, and then Morton Reeds and Levine and Cooper, you know, interrupt with their bone mo. They're very quick on their feet. They're clever. They're funny. They're observant. The show's got good production values. And look, this source material, I mean, Morton hit the jackpot. Yeah, that's with it. Rocky that's that's the killer thing here. Yeah. I mean, this source material is perfect. And he, he did not, you know, he stumbled upon this. I mean, it'd be one thing if he written this shit, right? Or if... I mean, maybe they'll reveal someday the whole thing's a scam and Rocky Flintstone's completely made up. I mean, I think that will be pretty obnoxious, but that would be admirable in another way. Pe- people have done, they've done worse for less, by the way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know. I just, I don't think it's a scam. Uh, it's perfect for what they're trying to accomplish. You know, a podcast, you're just hanging around, talking with your friends about naughty, silly stuff and actually being, you know, clever about it. Uh, they also do something that I don't see in enough podcasts. They edit. They edit it down. They've said many times that every 40-minute episode starts with 90 minutes of recording. You and I have bitched and moaned a thousand times over about hit podcasts where you literally hear one minute of shuffling papers. You don't, <laughs> you don't yes. get that. You don't get that with my dad wrote a porno. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they've, they've, they've wrote, written it to success. The tours you didn't mention, they had an... HBO special, which was pretty much um, a filming of a live show they did in London. Two shows. And, they stitched together. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. But one thing I liked about that was they actually they took advantage of the different format and they added a few bells and whistles. They did like crowd work, audience yeah. members, drive, you know, interactions. And one of the running jokes is that Rocky has a very poor understanding of female anatomy. So Alice got up, put on like a lab coat. And like on a screen, she basically did a little quiz on the parts of the female, you know, labeled like which is the uterus, which is the cervix, which are, uh, you know, which are the ovaries, which are the fallopian tubes. And that, you know, difference between still most people don't know the difference between vagina and vulva. Um, So the the dad uh, doesn't know the difference between cervix and clitoris, too. That's what I kind of love about it. Right. Well, there was some line I heard more like, enter their clitoris. Enter her clitoris. By the way, this is, I think porno's overstating it. It's a little more, I mean, it's a little more like far end of the, I, I've read some romance novels. I actually had to read romance novels for my pop culture study, my pop culture studies in college. And some of them get pretty explicit. So yeah, this sure. is. No, it's, it, my, dad, my dad wrote Neurotica. Is what more, what, yeah, but porno's a bit of a clickbaity title, but I mean, it is, you know, you know what's going on. That's for sure. Uh, but the bottom line here is I'm probably not going to listen to this again. 
there's not much here. It's the same thing over and over and over. And if that's your brand of humor, and I've I've listened over and over to plenty of stupid humor, uh, you know, good on you. But I I think it's it's six seasons. Like really, like who's listened to all of this? A lot of people, I'm sure, but. Not me. I mean, I think it's telling. I read most of the articles linked to its Wikipedia page, and there's no analysis. Not no. There's mostly no analysis. It's just the same thing over and over again. Oh, it's crazy. It's wild. It's awkward. It's cringy. Uh, They have so much fun, uh, and celebrities love it. And wow, it's blown up. It's exaltation. It's yeah. It's what it is. Right. Right. So, you know. I give them props for trying something different with the HBO special and they're going to talk about making a musical or making a movie or whatever. Uh, we'll see how that is. I probably won't see it, but I think it's, it's good, but it's in, it's, it's good in a very limited field of a very limited playground as it were. Uh, I don't know. So that's what I think. And now I will not speak of it anymore. <laughs> because you know, I have something else to say about this that I'll get to later we'll in the show to, we'll to, uh, that will open more of a can of worms, but uh, that will come. Stay tuned. I uh, no, I, there's something about the English in particular doing this, and I know listening to some media with these guys, they're doing they they did some interviews in New York City when they were in town. Um, they talked to uh, you know different media outlets, and they're kind of playing on, especially Jamie Morton, who is a little bit of a, a round cherubic figure you know there's something kind of like naughty early ricky gervaisian look about him and so he's an easy way he's an easy avatar for this because he doesn't come across as a uh, a thin slick player with a sharp chin line he comes across almost like a james corden type uh soft englishman with with a very demonstrative voice with little the littlest bit of that irish lilt to it too in terms of the way his english accent comes out so you know the english trade on this idea that they're prudish and no, I mean, they're it's not. No, they're, they're not, they're, they're not. not, they're not. But it's like, I know that they like to just the same way we like to say English, the English can't cook it, it, bullshit. All those things are just based on something from the 1950s. You know, it's the same puritanical nature as any other country. But I mean, they can trade in it. They can trade in this puritanical thing. They can trade in whatever the the cultural pre- holdovers of being English are. They're still out there. So, you know, the fact that they get to say the word clitoris and they get to, and, and not only that, but the older generation, the dude who is boomer aged or older is exhibiting all of this weird uh, misunderstanding of the, the form, misunderstanding of anatomy, just plain ass bad writing and bad grammar. All these things combine to make a very cheeky package, you know, and the thing is the English still do, there, there's this thing about English humor where they still kind of do cheek better than anybody else, or at least the sound of English cheek has something all all to itself. So in a way, it's this perfect fusion of, yeah, they get the erotica, you get these really friendly people who are good at what they do. Uh, it's a 30 minute, 30 minute podcast, but then the, the fact that they are dismantling this and it's like mystery science theater, but for a book. It's for, but for a monotopic. Yeah, but but there, but no, sorry, I, I don't want to get us derailed here. But MST3K was all about the other cultural references. Yes, but but they, they don't do that here. No, I it's think their reactions are much more. Yeah, are much more rudimentary. Like, ew, and like, 
clever for what that is, but MST3K was no, they're running, a nerd's they're paradise running gigs, in the way yeah, that's true. Is, they're running yeah. gigs are thinner. It's just like, look how look how many uh, ellipses and, and semicolons this guy uses. He completely botches, uh, 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 you know, not parentheses, but uh, possessives and stuff like that. They make a lot of easy jokes and they do play them over and over again. And it's like, you know, for what I did, I listened to a podcast, listened to a bunch of videos, and I watched the HBO show, which, by the way, the HBO show is it's 60 minutes. It's the length of two regular episodes. It does have, like Noah said, some crowd work. It's based on two shows they shot at some place in Camden in London. And it was actually really, I think it was very successful. It was a successful ramp up of the podcast because it didn't lose anything from the 30 minute thing that I said. It just had this sense of there-ness to it, a sense of being there. Uh, but yeah, like you, I, I get it. I, I, I like it. And it's like, I'm really happy that I, I listened to 90 minutes of their material. Um, but I don't, Maybe if maybe I listen to some podcasts that people would say, oh, I understand why you, why one would listen to that, but there's no way I could listen to more than what I just sampled because I don't give a shit about the G.I. Joe comic book. I don't give a shit about people who are trying to do uh, quizzes about TV show themes, whatever. The, the and, and, new- and to be clear, this is the stuff Bill does give a shit about. That's the stuff I give G.I. a shit Joe about. G.I. Joe comic book. Yeah, and absolutely. TV themes, yes. Right. And it's like no one wants no one no one wants to listen to me do a podcast about Tron as I do every fucking month with James <laughs> Hancock or something like that. I get it. Um, so oh, the, I bet someone does. I bet someone does. But this, they ever tell you what 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 Allison Prouty once said to me, a coworker of mine, when I posted a a, fa- a photo on Facebook of my cat. She's not a cat person. She said, "Don't post photos of your cat. Why? No one wants to see a picture of your cat." And I'm like, "Have you been on the internet? I beg to differ." She grabbed his yacht shorts bullseye. I'm sorry, what? Yacht shorts bullseye. What does that mean? I've no idea. <laughs> Well, then don't have such a serious face on. Yacht shorts bullseye. Can we move on? <laughs> I'm just so confused. Yacht shorts bullseye. How many times? Are... Why has every celebrity fallen in love with them? Why did they fill this theater in Camden Town or whatever it's called? Uh, Camden Yards, over... the ballpark in, in Camden Baltimore. Camden Yards. Yeah. Why? why? <laughs> yes, exactly. Why have they, with, with Ty Cobb, yes, why have they uh, performed in every continent? They have been automatically downloaded to every new iPhone, and uh, they will be winning the Mark Twain Prize. They will be awarded next week. They're the number one podcast in Antarctica amongst all those little ice stations. And those with, penguins, yes. With the yes. track, those track tanks that take you from place to place. They're the number one. Pen- it, they, play them, yeah. they play them on the loudspeakers there. And penguins apparently are very prudish, so anytime you can titillate them, with uh, you know that's why they waddle like that because their asses are so tight. They, they literally the yeah. term tight ass comes from penguins. It originally penguins. came from penguins. Yeah, the, the, uh, right. Yeah. That was the yeah. thing. Most well, people don't know that. Yeah. I think that this show is uh, first of all it's very naughty, and again there's that saucy Britishness that I'm referring to. Yes, saucy. We yeah. love we love the ribaldry. We love um, you know like if it's a man like John Cleese who in particular is saying saucy things if he's. If he's saying ironic things or, you know, to, to, like there's a scene in, uh, was it Life of Brian? Uh, no, the meaning, uh, the meaning of life, where there's a sex education scene. They, they all blend together for yeah, me. I know. Oh, is that the one where he has sex with his wife in front of the class? That's it. Yeah, and so he's like taking off his his socks and trousers. And, and he's stuff. he's yeah. speaking of it yeah. very dryly as he's housing yeah. his wife in front of all these prep school kids. And it's like, housing, <laughs> housing. Wow. And, uh, and like term. people people love that shit. You know, it's like maybe you can't recall the meaning of life, but it's like you you have. This lovely knowledge of the as much as the English are like look at any tabloid the English are stumbling down outside of a restaurant in miniskirt flashing everybody beaver there's there's nothing modest about the English right they're just as as loose no, and as scabrous not. as anybody I, I, else 
I have found in my experience that one thing the English are much more keen on than Americans is sex in public places. I have had multiple British people tell me like, why are Americans so uptight and won't have sex on a subway platform? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, so, something about unhygienic, but. Uh, well, there's that too. So, you know, you, you mix in that sauciness, that, that English naughtiness, that, that performative ribaldry, uh, you know, going back to whatever powdered wigs and all that yeah, shit. Re- restoration comedies. Right, yes. restoration comedies. Yeah. The yeah. text is sensational. It, it is oh, literally that's sensational. That's a word for it. Yeah. I know. Yeah, well, it's a sensation. And the host performed the correct amount of, of shock and disgust in very clever, nearly scripted, predictable ways, but in a way that's also very entertaining. Uh, so, and, you know, I, I could tell you that I don't know what their download stats are in the UK as opposed to the US. I assume their home crowd is the UK, but I know that an English accent makes things go down a little easier in the, in the States. Like you can sell weird things with an English accent. People will kind of like assume that there's a little more credibility or, or professionalism to it if it's got English accent on it. And I think all those things kind of yeah. come together to explain that the popularity. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of the Britishness of it. There's something very, uh, very well suited to being English, I guess. And if these three were American, it would probably still be a hit, but it would lack a certain charm. It would be predictable. It would be almost predictable if Americans did it. You know, like we're we're yeah. we're like pornography subsumes the culture anyway. The the fact that the English are the ones doing it is what gives it the little bit of um, yeah distance. Yeah. Yeah, and our our Puritans are a lot less fun than their Puritans. I think you're you right. Know? Our, our Puritans are, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, you know, well, first of all, let me start with this. I've said many times in the show, in my opinion, the two things that attract the most attention in media, you know what they are, right? Yeah, sex and celebrity. Sex and celebrity. Now, celebrity is not central to this, but... Go to their website, watch the HBO thing. They like crowing about their celebrity fans. Yes, they do. And they, they do they, plenty of shows, augmented shows, with their celebrity yeah. guests. But but that's not central to it. If every episode had a celebrity or the gimmick of every episode was that, you know, I'm going to have a famous person read my dad's porno, that would be one thing. They don't do that, to be fair. And they probably get better results because Jamie Morton's got that British thing and does a good job with it. Uh, and then, of course, sex is all over the place. So, I mean, even the title, it's clickbaity, but my dad wrote a porno is you know much better title direct title than the rocky flintstone chronicles like give them that credit they really you know they knew what they were doing and they did it and then i think something i've really come to discover us doing this podcast like as we've grown slightly less flummoxed about the appeal of uh social media stars the appeal of certain podcasts is you know the simulation of hanging around with your friends and I think these three really strike that balance of while they sound very polished and are way more clever or, you know, quick on their feet than the average schmo, uh, you know, they're still very charming, come off as non-pretentious, easy to relate to. So it, it they really do a good job of simulating that feeling of sitting around, you know, making naughty jokes with your with your buddies. Yeah. Because that's literally what they're doing, but because they're so talented and they stumbled upon such great source material, when they do that, it's something that has wide appeal to a lot more people. So, you know, I don't want to say this was a slam dunk this would do well, because what the fuck do I know? I've done plenty of projects myself that I thought were slam dunks that no one gave a shit about, so don't trust me on that. But, man, yeah, they they... They hit the jackpot in a couple of respects. You could say she was the body lotion 
that lubricated the moving parts that is Jim Sterner. <laughs> Noah, uh, would you have liked, provided that you were, um, you know, not too scared off or your parents let you listen to this, when you were a kid, yeah. would you have liked this product? I'm a teenager, no. Let's talk about when I was in my 20s, right? I don't think I'd like it for two big reasons. One, I don't want to say I was a prude in my 20s because I kind of avoided popular entertainments about sex uh, just because it, it made me a little uncomfortable. But that really ties into the second thing, which is... I would have been jealous of this. I am jealous of this. We'll get to that in a minute. And I would have had a harder time coping with the jealousy in my 20s than now. So, yeah, not, not, I did, I probably, uh, okay, got that out of my system. Uh, I would like this less than, I mean, I don't even think I like it now. I just like, you got to respect the hustle, Bill. Yeah, that, that's what we like to say, yeah. Uh, no, that's not true because they didn't hustle. That's part of my problem. They I didn't hustle. I don't think they hustle, no. They I, don't hustle at all. Right, no. so you have to you you have to give credit. You have to credit their talent and the, the if not quality, well-suitedness of the source material. You have to admit that. I think those things are facts, but uh, I don't have to like it. And I don't really, and I think I, and I think I'd like it even less when I was a kid because I'd be less able to, to admit to those inarguable positive qualities. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, 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 it, it totally sense. does. It totally does. And that's the funny thing. Am I, I insane? I have. Well, I can't claim you're not losing your mind on the air as we speak, but uh, we, we can continue. We'll add <laughs> that as a regular a, segment. It's been a long, long, slow process. Yes, it has, and we've all been, we've it's been well documented for 185 well documented parcels. Yeah. I think that there is something um, enjoyable about the podcast. I could see, I, I know why I hitched to it now, but I could see liking it even more when I was a kid. And it's funny, I mentioned MST3K mm. because, uh, you know, one of the things about that show, talk about something culty, and MST, MST, Mystery Science Theater 3000, for, for the, that's what the acronym means in case you don't know. That, that was, it was culty, I think, and very much felt like before you had the ability to get a hold of those movies and, and make those references, they were your friends on TV who were doing it with you. Um, and, you know, hearkening back to a day when all media wasn't available all over the place at all times in every form, you know, you really had to pick and choose and, and find the way to things. I'm not saying it made it any better, but it was the way we found things. So I, I, I like the idea that these guys are doing something that feels very close to the ground. You know, like, no, you said the luck of finding this book. I mean, without this, oh it doesn't God. exist. Yeah. Also, but, you know, I, I, uh, I wonder when, when, when I was, when I first started cracking into this topic, I was like, this is a podcast. Uh, the whole idea of this is like, yeah, they found you know, this book is ridiculous. Uh, they have some friends who like to, t you know, it's a piss take and you know, their friends looking at it. Uh, they make jokes about it, and it's like, I, I can't think of another thing in the universe this could ever have been. other than the, the whole art of podcasts, the whole form of a podcast would have to exist for this to be a thing. You know, I... You, the, no, what, no, 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 no. What else do they you could think have done this as They could have done this as... It wouldn't have had as much reach, but they could have done this as a live show. There are plenty of, like, Mortified and all those stage shows and Risk that have been going on in New York and other cities for years. They could have done that. It could have been a weekly thing at some pub or some theater in London, and Jamie reads from the book, and the same, the same people come every week, and then they do, you know... It gets popular enough that someone makes a book. I don't know. So you're saying like like an ass cat. You're just saying like a theater, a live theater show that lasts yeah. an hour. 
I guess so. I guess so. I mean, that's a local piece of art that you can count on. Right. You know, well, but but people. right. So it could not have happened on the wide scale. It could not yeah, be a phenomenon right, right, that right. you and I are talking about it in different countries. But it could have happened. It did have basically things like this did happen. Tony pulled it up at the front and studied her pussy. Like a like a proper little hoo-hoo. Yeah, a little little Pikachu. Oh, Pikachu. Is the success, the proliferation, the existence of my dad wrote a porno in any way a sign of the apocalypse? Uh, I don't think I could, uh, I can't find any aspect of the apocalypse to this, the way it sits right now. This, this is a tiny, harmless, like, little blip. It sends up erotica and bad art. You know, we, we did this with Tommy Wiseau already, uh, which was, you know, a temporary <laughs> thing. But, you know, you had, you had midnight movies ripping that guy apart for a while, and everyone was in on the joke. And even Tommy Wiseau gets in on the joke at the end because he, you know, he made millions of dollars off of his movie and also the, 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 the disaster artist. So mm-hmm. even in the end, the stuff that makes fun of some guy's thing turns out to be not so cruel if, if the guy plays his cards correctly. Um, you know, I, I could see two things here. I mean, I, I don't see anything apocalypse, but I can see two uh, things that would turn you off, perhaps. One of them would be, if you're the kind of person who, you know, they keep saying that the dad is on board with this. They keep, And I, I kept listening for some, like, uh, something subtle about, does the dad, he knows what this is. Does he listen? Does he aware of this whole thing? How, how kind of really bashing his work and how unfettered they are in hammering this thing that apparently the dad really cares about. And it's like you could be put off by what sounds like cruelty, even if the dad's into it. Mm. It's still pretty rough. Yeah. It's still pretty rough. Yeah. It's barbed. Yeah, you know, and like they're yeah. they have gone through six seasons of of very careful dismantling of the dad and everything he believes in and making fun of his his you know the fact that he can't tell a clitoris e- from a vulva. Everything he believes, <laughs> right? And you, if you don't like that kind of mockery, and a lot of that comes from that weird, um, you know, Larry David type humor. People can't watch yeah. a, a Kirby enthusiasm because it's just it's too cringy. There could cringy, be, yeah. yeah. There could be something yeah. to that here too. And I would say it's like, tell me, Noah, that maybe this stuff is almost too perfect to be real. I mean, it it really it really is such yeah. a, a ridiculous home run where like this was. The universe just spat out a book and dropped it in front of this guy. And I'm not saying like everyone waits for a podcast idea in their entire lifetime, but this is arguably more fame and fortune and renown than either of these people ever had, and it changed their lives. It's almost enough to wonder, could is this really just dumb fucking luck that dad was making this weird thing and enough of it in a, in, in a shed in the backyard to sustain a whole weird form of art? I'm just saying, I'm not sure that's the case. It just seems it's conspiracy theory. Yeah, it's a conspiracy you are theory. you are a Rocky Flintstone truther. I'm a truther. Is what you are. Yeah, rock and Rocky on. Flintstone truther. Yeah. Yes, rock and not. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I don't think it's a scam, but I've heard far stranger things. Yeah, I don't think this is the apocalypse. I agree with you. It's just you know, it seems people have the right attitude about it. It's just silly, naughty humor, harmless. I will say this though. I read an article about this. This was sort of the, the, the keystone of an article about the general rise of sex podcasts. And they're talking about a whole bunch of pod, you know, naughty podcasts talking about cheesy erotica or women just talking about the men they fucked or this couple talking about their swinger lifestyle or these people talking about their homemade Harry Potter erotica or things like that. And, you know, I think we are... Harry Potter? Potter? Potterica? I think it literally was called, like, Potter... Potterica. 
Paterica. Paterica. Uh, opened for for Pan, it's Pantera Metallica the supergroup, Paterica Pantera. Um, okay, so I, I think um, it was talking about that, and you know we're in a scary state in the world right now, and sometimes we worry, especially in the United States, are we entering the era of bread and circuses, right? And you know why are people going into the refuge of sex more than ever? Arguably, if they are right, it's just because that's. You know, that, that's one thing you do when you got nothing left, right? Yeah. You fuck. Yeah. So uh, I I worry if this is a a major aspect of what could be a worrying trend. I'm probably getting way ahead of myself. I'm not going to, oh, my God, my dad wrote a porno. It's the end of the world. But, um, you know, it could be a sign of something. I will say with everything, if this is held up as a great work of art and the these three win – you know the the Kennedy Center honor curve. They, honors, they, they get o- OBEs, honors. whatever it is, MBEs. They get OBEs, Kennedy Center honors. They get a MacArthur Genius Grant. Uh, they win the Nobel Peace Prize. You know when all those things happen, then we got problems. But but not yet. Jim didn't hang around and immediately took her tits in his massive hands. <laughs> Poor bastard. I mean, he's got a huge everything and a tiny dick. <laughs> And and his dick in his own hand will look even oh, tinier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, no, I know where this is going to go, and I think this is, this is the same answer for both of us. But we, we, we've held off. Yeah, we've let, held off. Let's address jealousy yeah. because I think this is uh, yeah. yeah right down yeah. the center here. Yeah. Uh, yes, I am jealous of these three. I, I'm going to read a quote. So in one article, he said, quote, Alice and James don't read. Those are the two reacting. Alice and James don't read and have never heard it before. We record. But I tend to have a look at it in the morning before to make sure I can read it aloud in some half-decent fashion, explains Jamie. We never once prepped. We literally just get around a kitchen table and start yeah, talking. Just dish it off. Yeah, right. So there's no prep. There's no work. There's no forethought. You're just chatting with your friends and celebrity, money, accolades come your way. I, I, I am I am jealous. Uh, also, as you said, the universe brought them this perfect topic. They didn't have to sit down and brainstorm and put ideas up on the on the dry erase board. I mean, it, it's it's like uh, it, it's God. The stories of you know someone walking down the street and and a bag of they find a bag of diamonds in a garbage can, that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, you mean like a Tony Blundetto, right? Yeah, Tony Blundetto. Yeah, it worked out for but him. That, but that no, it did not. Uh, and also, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so, you know, it caught on with seemingly no effort on their part. Also, uh, you know, this touring thing they've done. I mean, I don't know if I told you, Bill, but if I had to make a list of my dream projects for the big quiz thing, I think number one all time would be to go on tour. One of the things I've always wanted to do is go city to city to city, do a big public quiz show in every city, and, you know, thousands of people show up. I can't do that. I don't have the reputation. I don't have the marketing muscle to do that. I've tried small versions of that, and I had to fight for every butt in every seat. It's just, you know, I'm not famous. And if you're not famous and you don't have a marketing machine like that, it's it's hard to motivate people in that way. And I have a topic, you know, high-level team trivia that's not nearly as sticky as, you know, uh, naughty bits that my dad wrote. Yeah, right. right. But but here's the biggest thing, why I'm jealous of them. Uh, so something I think we both 
compare this to an earlier topic we did several years ago was a podcast called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Those three guys, those three brothers. McElroy brothers. McElroy brothers who just jaw for an hour and they have a huge podcast empire. And one of our, we both hated them, but one of our big criticism of them, at least one of my big criticisms, was that I don't think they're talented at all. I think they're non-talented. I think they're boring. I think they're uninteresting. I think they come off as unlikable. I, a thousand other negative things I could say about these people. Uh, but these three are actually talented. And if these three do no prepping, they are they have incredible natural talent. If they do prepping, they're, you know, they have a they have greater ability for hard work and polishing than I ever will. And that causes a deeper, more lacerating form of jealousy in that it's not just that how do I put this into words? You know, I can do very sour grapes that, oh, well, they suck. I wouldn't want to be them. But these people are, the, 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 my dad wrote a porno people, are in one narrow sense, quote unquote, better than me. The my brother, my brother people, I could say, whatever, they're just right. luckier than right, me. Right. But these people are more talented than me. There's that great line in School of Rock where um, his friend says, you know, after a while when you're trying with a band, again and again and again, you don't have success, you get to a point where you just have to admit maybe we're not that good. And while, hey, I'm fucking great because I get a lot of shit done, uh, you know, maybe I'm maybe my dream of touring and having a big successful thing like that, maybe I'm just not good enough for that. And I can I can live with that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna feel jealousy about it. I will live with that because I am living with that. But I'm, I'm going to feel certain negative emotions about that because I'm only human, my friend. I am only human. Thank you, Mary Reeves, for listening because I know you've told me you hate it when I express <laughs> jealousy. But Mary, Mary's looking out for me, Bill. Yes, she is. Uh, she is. She's a good she, person. And she loves our podcast. Uh, but Mary, I'm, I'm doing my best. But I'm only human. Well, this is, what do you think, this is the only thing I put out in the world um, on a regular basis. And, and I have since 2016. Um, I've made things for public cons- look. Hey, let's let's be fucking fair here. I made newspaper pages. I worked in pub journalism for a while, making tabloids. I did a lot of work that was unacknowledged, uncredited for a long time. I don't think anybody's owed these things, but at the same time, I know when you do something consistent at a good level for years and years and years, acknowledgement wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, you can't possibly expect the same level of of sort of give back from. Um, journalism and page hacking the way I did as I as you would maybe from this which is a more of a performative art space or the short films I've made along the way um, you know and I've, I, one of the things that really kicked my ass about making short films for you know close to a decade or so was feeling like I put a lot of work into this and I watched people just sort of sail by on the same amount of work yeah. but they had different different hooks and I just can't compete with that Part of it is that they were Tisch grads. Part of it is that they had parents in the business. Part of it is they just came up with something stickier. And it's like, you know what? Really, there's no point in making movies um, if you can't fight at a high level. And so I said, I can't fight at a high level. So I'm getting, I really don't have, there's no, there's no reason for me to do this. Podcasting is different because we did this strictly for ourselves. This was a way for us to uh, get on the mic and and bullshit with each other once a week. And you, you know, you were, you were preparing to move to San Francisco uh, right around then. So it was a good way for us to keep this thing in touch. But it's like now that I've done so much podcasting since we started this, 
you know, now there's some skin in the game of seeing like what is possible and how other people do it and how famous they are for it. And this thing is, again, I'm not, I don't want to be famous for it. But when I, you know, when I see that, all right, how about this? These people came up with a podcast <clears throat> in the late stages of pot. Like this wasn't one of those 2006 ahead of its time. Yeah. Let's figure it out and stick with it. And you'll come up with a piece of good piece of work by 2012. This was like podcasts have been going. It was burnt by 2015. It is spent. It was already diluted in yeah. different ways. I wouldn't say that. I, I mean, say that. It, it's really hard. I mean, I think podcasts are here to stay the way No, no, you know, no. What, what I'm saying is it's like by that point, the hits, the hits of the hits, they've been established. The strata is it's so diluted. It's like Netflix now. Netflix has got a lot of good stuff, but fuck if you can find it. It doesn't matter anymore. Netflix is not a brand so much as a gigantic vat. It's a sea of stuff. And that's yeah. what podcasts are. It's like you can't find a podcast about something you like. I that is the real the real difficulty <laughs> of podcasts. You cannot find a podcast about things you yes, like. Yes, you can. I, I do. You just might you might have to wade through a few shitty ones before you get the one that's about stuff you like and it's delivered good by people you get any value from. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that that these guys, you know, the magical book just dropped out of the heavens and like with like the angel Moroni gave him the gold plates, tell him to dig. And you you, you you know, somehow he got this text and who the fuck knows how that magic happened and again i don't it's not that i want to be famous but if i was going to be famous i'd like it for all the podcasting i'd done i'd like some acknowledgement and i i kind of feel like i've done at least as much work as these guys have we just don't have a sticky enough idea and maybe you know and and coming back to the real important picket part of what you said the pungent thing is that you know these guys let's say they start their show in 2015 about the topic they did, the the level at which they start, they step onto it already at a pretty good level. Maybe it's because they have pro programming backgrounds. They were broadcast vets to some degree. Yeah, but see, my my impression is that only Levine was an actual on camera on mic on performer. Mic thing, yeah. The yeah. other two were like writers or producers. But that's, they're that's something. They're, they're, they they yeah, but they got. They have the presence. I mean, they're and they're the, ready yeah, for and, microphone. And the, Judging yeah. by the HBO thing, they're ready for camera. I and mean, the I was irony is that, that what I've heard from like Levine, who is the most media savvy and the most you know the most present, actually doesn't do as much as uh, Morton does. So it's like, you know, you don't oh, even they, need, they don't do anything. Right, you don't even need her level <laughs> of professionalism because all you need it's just uh, a peanut gallery. You know, it's a good decent uh, peanut gallery. She's she's the cute girl voice that goes a yeah. long way. So anyway, long story short, yeah, I think it's it'd be really hard not to feel jealous of this kind of thing. You know, just because it is in our arena, and I'm, I I can't say you know that any movie podcast I've done with Hancock or any particular episode of something we've done here is better than any like I can't I'm, I'm so close to what I can't tell I know I'm very proud of it I know I'm very happy with what we've done I have a lot of fun doing it but I, I can also see I would love some approbation I would love some outside approbation but it's oh like my God. It's, it's kind of too late I mean it's just again there's so much stuff that this this is one of the you know I think that's the problem is how would somebody find this show amongst all the billions of shows because, because too much the stuff. same way you win the viral lottery never say never my friend Trust me, when when uh, when um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of random celebrity, when James Caviezel jumps on our show, I don't know how that came up, and <laughs> says Caviezel. we're the greatest thing ever, and retweets us or whatever. That's the guy, the name of the guy who played Superman, right? James Caviezel. No, Brandon Routh. You mean? No, no, the guy who played Superman in the Justice League. Brandon Routh played Superman in Superman Returns or Superman fights back or oh you mean it's a voice talent i think caviezel might have done no that. no 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 caviezel in justice league in justice league oh you mean henry cavill henry cavill james caviezel 
was was G- like Jesus, Jesus in the Jesus, Passion of the, the Christ. Jesus, the Jesus Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, when Mel Gibson speaks about our podcast. All right, uh, no, hit, hit me with the fallopian scale because you can identify no, okay. you can identify that on the on the human body, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes, I can identify them. All right, on the phlebodium scale, Bill. The phlebitis uh, scale. Yes, we're gonna remember every week we're renaming it yes, now. Yes, yes. On the phlebodium scale, uh, which which is in X, Y, and perhaps Z. Z. Axis. Z. Z. I actually listened to an episode where they debated Z versus Z. Uh, scale of all things that we've ever talked about 185 things we talked about on the show where would one find my my dad makes a porno porno that's how you say it in english with a saucy tone i like that yes. in english and british yeah the queen's english uh yeah you know i i think that it's, it's a fun it's a trifle not quite brilliant it runs at a novelty because it comes re- repetitive you know, in some ways, I can't quite explain exactly how I came to this, but I, I, I sort of equated it to Fortnite. Even though Fort, Fortnite has a lot more labor behind it, Fortnite has thousands and thousands of man hours, and it is, you know, but Fortnite, in so much as we played it, it was pretty much the same repetitive exercise where you would spawn, you'd get yeah. a gun, it would last But about- that's the point of video games. That's the point. You could say that's the point of podcasts because people listen to them while they're jogging or yeah. at the gym or driving or brushing sure. their teeth. Sure, and that's so why maybe- Fortnite stuck yeah. out to me as like a, a repetitive, very well done. And, and for the audience, they love it. It really hits that sweet spot. Although more than 250 million people are into Fortnite, but that's the scale is a different different story. But that's that's where I would land. That's where it lands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the phlebodium scale does not rank things according to popularity it ranks things according to quality although i'm going to bring up an alternate phlebodium scale here so on the main phlebodium scale the general phlebodium scale standard one i put this at uh one third of it so it's it's above zero it is one third of bo burnham who we think is very very good yes uh uh maybe no half of bo burnham sorry minus the mitchells and the machines something that is equally insubstantial but took more effort and is higher quality yeah. yeah although i could think of more outright criticisms of mitchell's and the machines than this i feel like you're but those cr- you're kicking my ass with this chemistry every week i feel like you're putting more work into the uh the pipe- oh, yeah. the pipettes chemistry. and the titrations it's math it's math that's why it's see, that's why it's, fuck, it's fucking it. me yes. up man it's I, that's how can that's how bad i am at this stuff i'm using a protractor and a t-square and a calendar uh, however, a calendar however, you flip upside down with yeah yeah an abacus or one of those one of those birds that uh that oh the little over. water bird yeah the water bird yes yeah water birds uh however i'm got on an alternate phlebodium scale that measures things of how how bad they make me feel on, in a jealousy way, this is fucking Sub-Zero. This is down there with Jimmy Fallon. You know, this is down there with who else do I hate more? You know, Bo Burnham's pretty low there too. Uh, so uh, yeah, this is, this is, if we're talking purely yeah. how much it makes, you know, how much I feel like it's alternate title should be, hey, Noah Tarno, you suck. Uh, this is like scraping the other end of the barrel it's so low that podcast so, by the way is forthcoming uh we're gonna come we're, yeah, we're gonna launch bet. that in the new year next year well when when we're super famous that will be a sticky podcast right that'll be the a podcast called noah tarno sucks that'll be the, the 15 minute midweek augmentation will be noah tarno sucks and here's why and that'll just be a quick, and here's quick why dash. right yeah uh all right so bill are you ever gonna listen to this again uh, i have too too much 
it's honestly too much podcast. There's too much podcast. It's and that's no reflection on this. It is a reflection on podcast being uh, a sixty to ninety to one hundred and twenty minute art form usually, and there just not being enough time in the week to cram all the stuff in my ear that I want to hear. That's all. Uh, I find I, I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm working. If it's busy work, I can listen to podcasts. Certainly while I'm walking to work, which I don't do anymore because my office is closed, or driving certain places, which I do now, or if I'm on uh, sub, uh, the train, or I listen to podcasts while I'm exercising, while I'm brushing my teeth. Yeah, yeah. So I find time for them. Uh, I will not listen to this again, mostly just because it's the jealousy thing. It's too much, you know? And why, why do that to myself, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I got over it to do this episode. So obviously if there's an important reason to listen. I will. It's, but a, like, it's a tribute to Amanda. That's you, you dug down deep and you gave your all. Is what you know, there. it's a tribute to you, Bill. Really? You and Amanda. And Mary Reeves. And so Mary Reeves, right. All right, so what I'm going to do right. is I'm going to bring it home now. Uh, I'm gonna Thank take, you. I'm bring gonna it home, it baby. Bring it home, baby. So f- find past uh, all 312 episodes of this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us, Noah and Bill Shoe at Noah and Bill Shoe. Write to us, noandbilldon'tgetit at gmail.com. Give us a review on the podcast aggregators because that's our step to a national tour. Yes, that's how we get there, folks. Uh, we already have dates booked in, let's see, Bratislava, Ljubljana, uh, Moldova, um, what else? Macedonia. What's the capital of Macedonia? Skopje? Is that the capital of Macedonia? Uh, it might be, yeah. Skopje. And that might be a way to pronounce it, or that might be completely wrong. It could be, yeah. Definitely, we yeah. have the Bratislava. That's, that's set in stone. We're, we lost the money on that already. We lost the deposit. We yeah, have to do gone. that show. It's gone. Us out there with the members of Anvil. We got totally screwed. (laughs) So I'm on Twitter, uh, at William Scurry. Come and jawbone with me for the podcast that's going on in real time anyway. Uh, My video content is on YouTube, youtube.com slash amcaesar. And here's Noah. Here I am. Uh, Yes, the big quiz thing, bigquizthing.com. Corporate and private trivia events anywhere and everywhere. Coming back to in-person, roaring back. Very excited, although we're not letting virtual go. And in fact, uh, July 15th, I am hosting a very special virtual event, Play From Anywhere. Uh, It's a food and drink themed trivia game show that you get to play. And uh, we're doing it as a fundraiser for City Harvest, one of New York's best and most venerable food charities. I'm going to have some fun prizes on offer hosted by me. So come say hi, bigquizthing.com. Tickets available right now. Uh, July 15th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, uh, 7 p.m. Central, um, 6 p.m. Mountain, and other time zones, you're on your own. Although, Bill, you know that in Nova Scotia when it's 8 o'clock? I'm sorry, not Nova Scotia, Newfoundland when it's 8 o'clock. You know what time it is in Newfoundland? No, what time? 8.30. Oh, because it does that little uh, split deal, right? It's got its own little split deal. Yeah. Nah. Driving around Aust- Australia was interesting. You would cross a little line and it would be a half hour later. It was, it was weird, man. It was weird. Why would they? Why would they? Yeah, I don't understand. Well, I don't know. all right. Anyway, until the next discussion of time zones, uh, we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2021.